Hi, demon lovers. I'm your host, James Ippoliti, also known as Dr. J, the TikTok famous demon hunter. And today I have a major player in the Jewish holiday of Yom Kippur, also known as the Day of Atonement. This is the story of Azazel. Coming to get you, Barbara. I'll swallow your soul! All right, so this is episode 13 of The Real Demons of Pop Culture. As I said earlier, I am on TikTok as a retired demon hunter. I've been actually doing quite a few things on TikTok recently. One, I'm reading Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible. So if you don't want to read it, you just want to listen. I'm doing it part by part by part going through the Satanic Bible. I also do a lot of things on superstitions. I talk about demons, all kinds of fun stuff on TikTok. So if you haven't yet joined the TikTok cult, Find me over there, summon me up on TikTok, and I would love to hear from you over there. I'm also on Instagram. You can find me on all of the socials. Instagram, I do a little bit of fun stuff. I'm the funniest demonologist on Instagram, just so you know. So if you're not following me there, go there. If you want to ask me a question, find me on Twitter. All these will be in the show notes. Let's get on with this show. But before we get started, we're going to do our lucky number. The lucky number game is I am going to think of a number between 1 and 50. I am going to count to 3. Think of that number. You use your mind powers to read my mind. And if you guess it right, which I will announce the number at the end of the show, you will have something extra special good happen for you today. It doesn't mean that you all have a bad day if you get it wrong. just means you're working on your psychic powers. So I'm going to count to three, think of a number between one and 50, and then you try to guess what that is, write it down somewhere, and then at the end of the episode, I will reveal the number. So here we go. Three, two, one. All right. Write that number down, and we'll come back to that at the end of the episode. So there are three ways to say this name. I've heard Azazel, I've heard Azazel, and Azazel. I think I'm going to try to just stick with Azazel. I think that's cool. Azazel, Azazel, doesn't matter. There's lots of different spellings, lots of different ways to say it, but I'll just stick with one because it makes my life easy. Azazel is a big player, as I said, in Yom Kippur. Now, Yom Kippur just happened last Wednesday, I believe. It's a Jewish holiday, a day of atonement, and we're going to get into how a demon plays into that or whether or not it is actually a demon. Uh, There's a lot of controversy over that. Maybe not controversy. I love that word, though. But more like speculation. Controversy sounds a little too dramatic. We don't need that kind of nonsense. We don't need that drama. Save the drama for your demon. All right. I'm in a really weird, tired, exhausted mood because as you know, if you listen, my last episode, I believe was the Dahmer episode. And that day when I was recording it, I didn't realize I was uh, affected with COVID. And then so I launched the show that Monday and that entire week I was out with COVID. I was down and out. And then recovering from it, really set like just 
my entire life just went off the rails and, and all the momentum I had built up up until then just went nowhere. I was in bed and, and that stuff really drives me wild because I really like to keep busy with this stuff. I could care less about real work, but this to me is fun work and I love doing it and I love being busy with it. Um, so when I'm not doing that, I get miserable. So not to mention I was watching Dahmer. I had 103, 104 degree fever. I was having these Dahmer fever nightmares. It was pretty hellish. So I'm just getting back into the real world. So I might be a little goofy in this episode. So if that's good, then you're welcome. And if it's not, I apologize. Let me jump back because, you know, with Azazel, we have a demon, a goat demon, really. And prior to the Israelites, we did have a ritual like Yom Kippur that existed prior to Yom Kippur. Uh, It's a scapegoat ritual. And that can be traced back to the 24th century before the common era in ancient Syria. This is the belief that you would take a goat and put like your sins on this goat and then offer that goat to something, right? Let's, let's jump at the heart of this episode is that the real victims are the goats, The real victims are the goats in here because not only are goats being ritually sacrificed, then they are demonized like goat. Nah, I don't know what goats did to deserve this, but they real. And I think goats are cute. I mean, I see goats and I don't see devils and demons, but apparently they did back in the old days because Azazel is this goat demon that we're going to see that the image we have of like Baphomet or any of these goat demons originated with Azazel or Azazel. I'm going to say it all over the place, so please, whatever. If I say Azazel, Azazel, or whatever, Azazel, whatever it is, don't worry about it. You know what I mean. But that goat look, that demon goat look begins back then. So prior to the Israelites doing Yom Kippur, we had people doing these what we call scapegoat rituals. And the the term or the name Azazel, we're not sure if it's really a name, right? Azazel literally can be translated to scapegoat or the goat who escapes or the goat that was sent away or the sent away. Scapegoat is also escape goat, escape goat. So this is a goat who is sent away or escapes or moves or goes somewhere. And that's the meaning of it is that. How does it play into Yom Kippur? Well, back in the day, actually, let me back up a second. We have to understand that the, because there's going to be a lot of things that are not in the Bible, because Azazel in the Bible is only in Leviticus 16, and it's talking about the Yom Kippur, a Day of Atonement scapegoat ritual. But remember, the Bible didn't exist back even in early Christianity. It didn't exist. This is at some point, a bunch of men got together and said, here's what we're going to include in the Bible. The Bible that you know today did not exist for, you know, of the common error for the first few hundred years. All these gospels used to be floating around and people would read them. And some people would read some, uh, some people read old Testament stuff, which wouldn't be called old Testament. Just people read Hebrew literature, right? They were reading this stuff. 
and the early Christians were Jewish, and then they became Gentiles. But eventually somebody came along, and it was man. It wasn't like women were involved in this decision. Men came along and decided what we're going to put in the Bible. And I'm bringing this up because I do a lot of research going into these episodes, and I also research and listen to religious people talking about this stuff. So when you talk about a Jewish person talking about Azazel, it's going to be a different conversation than a Christian person talking about Azazel. And they might reference a lot of the stories that I reference. The difference is a Christian is going to warn you. Now, I heard this in Enoch, and Enoch's not part of the Bible, so don't trust it. Do not trust it. It is probably the work of the devil. They are so, like, hell-bent, pun intended, hell-bent on telling you that you can't trust anything that's outside of this canonical Bible that was made by men that made these decisions. So just because it's not in the canonical Bible doesn't mean that people did not reference these materials back in the day before there was a canonical Bible. And the canonical Bible, a lot of it is political. It's about power, who they wanted to have power. They didn't want this type of, especially like the Gnostics, right? Anything that was Gnostics meant you really didn't need a priest or a church to gain knowledge, Right? You could find it within yourself. Well, that really does not help the church have power. So they would say that's heretical and throw it away. So when I talk about books and things like that, I'm talking about all this stuff all on the same level, the same playing field. I don't believe that because it's in the canonical Bible that it has more relevance than something that is apocryphal, which means like it's not considered part of the Bible. I wanted to get that out because there's a lot of different sources here And if you're listening to someone preach from their belief system, they might say that this source is not to be trusted. And I find that silly, personally, just completely silly, because there's no difference. I don't even know why we should even call it. I'm not talking about trust. This, to me, I'm a historian. I look at it from a historical perspective, not from a religious or a uh, theology. I'm just telling you this is historically what where this stuff came from. So Azazel, prior to the Hebrews using it, we already talked about, probably was part of a ritual that they would sacrifice a goat. Now in Yom Kippur, what they do is they drew lots. And drew lots is like rolling dice or um, drawing straws. You're basically figuring out which goat is going to be offered to God and which goat is going to be offered to Azazel or Azizel. Ah, it's so difficult. So this holy day is uh, the Jewish people are getting together and they are going to um, atone for their sins. And, and one is a sacrifice of purification to the Lord. And then the, the scapegoat is we're going to take all the sins of Israel and we're going to put them onto this goat. And we're going to offer this goat to Azazel. The goat could mean to be sent away. A lot of people think Azazel is almost like a place. And why is it a demon? Now, depending on the translation, it might just say that it's going to be put on this goat and sent away. The idea is that your sins uh, are going to be on this goat. The goat's going to be taken out to the wilderness and sent away. So now we're all starting this year off really clean. We got all our sins out of the way. 
but what if that goat came back? Well, that would suck, right? And then that's kind of the answer they had was, look, I'm a sick person. And for some reason, it's sad, but it also makes me laugh that what they would do, and they had a whole system in line where they would take all the sins, put it on this goat for Azazel. They would then have people walk it out to a cliff and then push the goat off a cliff, which is insane. But they wanted to make sure the goat doesn't come back. So you can't just throw him out in the wilderness. He could find his way back like a a house cat. So he is taken to this cliff, and they have specific people who do this. It's like that would be your job. It's not like let your neighbor Billy's son take the goat. No, they had specific important people walk this goat into the wilderness and then push it off a cliff. That poor goat. See what I'm talking about here is the goats, man. They are not getting the love they deserve. All right. Now, the wilderness, and if you've listened to my shows, a lot of times the desert or the wilderness is often thought of a place of evil because it's uh, a place of desolation, a place of ruin. And so that is why we sort of get this idea that Azazel is a demon, a demon that lives out in this area. And we send the goat who has the sins to the demon that probably made us sin, right? We're giving it back to the owner. Here you go. Here's your sins, Azazel. Enjoy. Now, whether it, I've read that um, Azazel eats the goats. I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, that's the idea that you take it and you give it to Azazel and he eats the goat. No, the goat's rotting on the bottom of a cliff somewhere. Um, and, you know, no one's eating the goat. Which, they, that's kind of sad, because I think most rituals, at least in uh, most ancient cultures, that if you did sacrifice an animal, you were going to eat that animal. Uh, I know in Native American cultures, nothing went to waste. You know, if you sacrifice the animal, you thank the animal for its sacrifice. You would use the fur for clothing, and you would use everything, the bones, you know. So um, it's possible that the ancient Israelites also would take the goat, except for the one that fell off the cliff. You can't have that one. Like, you can't eat that. Like, if you put all your sins on that goat and you throw it off a cliff and then send somebody down to bring it up to eat it, you're eating the sins, probably bringing it back. So that goat is not, nothing good's happening with that goat, the goat for him. That should be like the end of this story when it comes to Azazel. How do we get to the place where he's now in pop culture? I mean, he's named in the Bible, depending on the translation you're reading, which usually that's not the case with demons. It'll be like, they'll say a demon. Uh, And if they're talking about a goat demon in the Bible, a lot of times it's um, a satyr, you know, Pan, the uh, Greek god has, you know, Pan is dead is a famous quote from ancient times when um, the monotheistic religions came and took over, Uh, the old gods were dead and demonized. So anytime they might talk about a goat demon, it could be talking about a satyr. uh, And it's just one way of demonizing the old gods. And this is another pause I want to talk about. Have you ever driven and you've seen a bumper sticker that says coexist and it has each letter sort of a symbol from a different religion? And that's this modern idea that we should all get along despite our religious differences. But in ancient times, this is not the case. You don't coexist back then. If you were part of a group, the others were demonized. 
You did not coexist. And this is a problem. A lot of these theologies, they're conflicting. You can't sort of coexist with the devil if you really believe in this stuff. So I have my God. I'm supposed to coexist with this other God who my ancestors in that religion have said is the devil. Um, there's a book by Elaine Pagels called The Origin of Satan, and a lot of it is about how the early Christians, even early Christians, well, before it was early Christians, the Jews who believed in Jesus would demonize the Jews who didn't accept Jesus. And they would then say that those Jewish people who didn't accept Jesus were working with Satan. There was no coexist then. Like if you read this stuff, it clearly makes it, and this has gone on. This is why Jewish people have been persecuted for so long was because it is clear that the early Christian writers were demonizing non-Christian Jews and saying that they were in league with Satan. There was no happy coexisting. And I have a problem with people who preach a religion today when the people who wrote it were anti-Semitic people or did not believe in, uh, like they literally write things that we would say you would be canceled for. Like every, every writer of these old texts, no matter what religion, would be canceled today for their thoughts and beliefs. And what we try to do today is we try to soften those beliefs and say, well, that was a different time and that's not what they meant or blah, blah, blah. So I'm getting to this because when we talk about the goat demon, that goat demon was just pre-Christian belief systems that became demonized. And if you're somebody who's part of a nature or animistic like uh, religion, somebody who's a Wiccan or somebody who really loves those old gods, you know, you should be sort of offended that your old gods have been demonized. And that's my rant. But that it's important because uh, Az- Azazel is probably an ancient god that was demonized by the Israelites who was then they were demonized by the Christians and so on and so on and so on. And, um, but I digress or do I anyway? So now Azazel is in like the movie fallen with Denzel Washington and the demon basically touches somebody. And then that transfers, you know, Azazel goes into somebody else whenever they touch someone. Uh, Azazel's in tons of books in Supernatural. Like Azazel was the um, demon for like the first three seasons, although they don't mention the name Azazel until later in Supernatural. Uh, like by season three, you realize that's who the, the main antagonist is. But um, definitely here's a demon that doesn't make sense if we're just talking about the day of, day of atonement. Like how do we get how does he get to that level? How does he get to the level where he's in several books? He's in video games. Uh, he's actually a really bad character in the X-Men. How do we get to that place? And I'd say the next thing that we have going on when it comes to the Azazel story, there is a book 
of Watcher's Enoch, it's called, or One Enoch. And in One Enoch, or the Book of Enoch, whatever you want to call it, somebody says, okay, we're going to take the Azazel character and we're going to write him a better story. And he becomes part of the Watchers who eventually become fallen angels because they want to go sleep with women. So, which is interesting. Like we got, there, this is back to the Genesis story I told in the sex demons where we have the sons of gods going down and sleeping with the daughters of men. It's a very small thing in Genesis. But what happens is Enoch expands on this idea that they were these watchers, these angels who then said, hey, baby, you look hot. I'm going to fall for you. Hey, I wonder if that's what that means, right? Falling for you. The angels fell because they were women. That's probably where it comes from. Look at that. I figured it out in the moment. Anyway, they got mad lusty for human women, which makes you wonder, like, what the hell was going on with these angels? Did they not have female or any did they not lust for each other and what was their options like if god's gonna say i created you you're gonna be hanging out here up in heaven and why would you give them the ability to lust um or were they okay was it okay for them to sleep with each other did they have that ability and how nasty were they that they couldn't love each other that they had to go after women i don't know these are questions that keep me up at night so they go down, they sleep with the women, but Azazel, he gets upgraded. He's now this full dark angel. He's like uh, a fallen angel and he comes down and he's going to teach humans things. And this is weird also. Knowledge in these religions is bad. Like if you give knowledge to humans, you're doing something wrong. And so what he did is he taught humans how to make swords and armor and weaponry. So sounds cool to me. All right. But he also taught women how to make jewelry. He taught them how to make and apply makeup, how to beautify the eyelids. And this was not good. So women, if you're beautifying your eyelids, what you're trying to do, according to this old text, is you're being deceptive and you are the cause for fornication. So we're back to blaming women for being the victim of any kind of sex act. Uh, it's their fault because they beautified their eyes. Again, I brought up earlier about this coexisting with other religions, because I knew this was coming up too. Why do you think we are making Azazel a demon for doing this stuff? Probably because the ancient, uh, maybe the ancient Israelites, but the ancient people who learned these skills learned it from an outside source, not from within. And therefore, if you learned these tricks and these traits, you learned how to make jewelry, you learned how to make yourself beautiful, you learned how to make weapons, you learned it from someone outside of your in-group, and therefore, that's bad. You learned from somebody other, you learned from a demon. And that's why I meant, like, we, they did not get along back then. 
It was not that. And I don't trust any writings from people who were that close-minded to outsiders. And it might have been back then you really had to be careful about the outsiders. I'm not saying they didn't have to be more careful than we had to be today. But you got to take this stuff with a grain of salt. Like I said, Enoch is not in the Bible, but that doesn't matter to me. But if you're a hardcore Christian um, or maybe uh, someone who's Jewish, who's Orthodox, you might not accept some of these texts as um, the word of God. All right. So now we have Azazel. Azazel. Oh, shoot me. All right. You have Azazel um, running around, uh, basically putting makeup on people and making them look nice. And that is offensive to God. So we have Raphael, the archangel, is the one who's going to bind Azazel, his hands and his feet. He drags him out into the desert. He's down in this pit with rocks, and he's binded until the day of judgment. And then he will be cast into eternal fires of hell together with the other fallen angels. That is the Enoch story, right? They have they see women. They're like, hey, baby. And then they go and start teaching women how to do their makeup, and they teach the men how to use swords and make weapons. And then archangels come down and say, hey, man, no way, you're going to hell. There's a lot of other stories about Azazel, even in Islam. So in Islam, there's a uh, legend of these two angels who kind of mock humankind's weakness for its lapse into evil. And God challenges these two and saying, look, you think you're so great that you can avoid evil. I challenge you. They go down and immediately they're seduced by a beautiful woman, immediately murder a witness that sees that they did this. And they're forced to admit that God was right. Azazel doesn't repent. The other angel's name is Samhazel and he repents, but Azazel doesn't. And he becomes the desert monster that we know in Leviticus. And then we have, of course, the Infernal Dictionary, which has Azazel as well. And this is uh, from 1818, De Plancy's Infernal Dictionary, because these are catalogs of demons. I talk a lot about this uh, catalogs of demons on TikTok, that there is the Lesser Key of Solomon, there's the Pseudomonarchia Daemonon, which is basically the false monarchy of demons in English. And then we also have the Infernal Dictionary. And it, for some reason, I guess from the 16th century on, a lot of people wanted to have categories for demons, like the king, a duke, a prince in hell. And they wanted to make this hierarchy of demons. And there were many books that had this. And so Azazel does show up in these books. And so the entry for Azazel describes him as a demon of the second order and a guardian of goats. He's not guarding goats that well. Goats are being thrown off cliffs, man. And he's also in John Milton's Paradise Lost, which is also for me, I find fascinating because John Milton's Paradise Lost is always brought up when it comes to these stories, but it's just an author. It's like, will in 500 years where we look at Stephen King and apply him to religious stories and say, according to Stephen King, you know, like John Milton's just the Stephen King of his day. Anyway, 
The illustration depicts uh, Azazel with horns, a pitchfork, a banner, and a goat. And I mentioned earlier that Azazel is in the X-Men. According to comic book resources, it calls it the worst X-Men story of all time. And it's because we have Azazel becoming the father of certain mutants because we know that Nightcrawler was the son of the shape-shifting mutant Mystique. But this story says the father was not the human but rather the mutant demon named Azazel, who comes from a hell dimension and was the inspiration for Legends of Satan. Speaking of demons, I have a coloring book that I'm working on, The Real Demons of Pop Culture Coloring Book, which is going to have the Ars Goetia from the Lesser Key of Solomon. I'm going to have my artist friend, Chris Blake Sasser, is working, and we just met and saw the most recent demon he worked on. It's great. I love it. It's cute. Uh, it's going to be a great coloring book. It's going to be three volumes, 24 demons in each, and I will have a little explanation of each demon. So you can actually get some sneak peeks on this stuff if you join my newsletter, which is in the show notes. Check it out. My newsletter is every Friday. At least I try. I, uh, because of COVID, it set me back, so I'm like, I still got to do last Fridays, which I'll probably do today. It'll go out today. But definitely check that out. Check out... Um, my Facebook group, this uh, School of Dark Arts, everything's in the show notes. But, you know, honestly, I love doing this, but I love when I see someone who listens talk to me and tell me something. And it, it's a very lonely experience doing a podcast because you don't know what you sitting there thinks. And I'd love to have more conversations. So I love when somebody joins the School of Dark Arts with Facebook group. It's a free group. And somebody asks questions or anything like that. Tomorrow, I will be doing a live broadcast on YouTube to just talk about this episode, any questions you may have, or if you want to just talk about Azazel a little further. I'm going to do that at 12 o'clock New York City time. I'm going to see how that works instead of doing it at night. Because if it's 12 o'clock, it's early, you know, it's early enough on the uh, California coast. And in England, it's not too late. So let's see how that works out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love making it, but I really want us to talk and have conversations and have you recommend things or tell me things you loved. If you have really, really loved the show, go to Apple Podcasts. If you listen to Apple Podcasts or any anything you listen on, if they have a way of rating the show, please throw up a really good review because that helps the show grow. And we're going beyond coloring books, but I'm going to start with coloring books. And then we're going to get into graphic novel type things. So please, 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 please spread the word. The word. Spread the gospel of the real demons of pop culture. Please. Um, so that's all I got. I'm sure I'm missing something, but... Uh, that's why I have newsletters. That's why I have Twitter. You can contact me on Twitter or Instagram or any of these wonderful, fine social network things that are good for communications, not so good for mental health. Uh, so don't get too obsessed with these social media things, but definitely use them to talk to me and we can have nice conversations. Um, I think that's it for Azazel, Azizel. Um, anyway, peace. The lucky number is 23. 
Be sure to follow me on TikTok at James Ippolitti. I'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. The Real Demons of Pop Culture is a Gorilla Delphia production.